Welcome to Your Money Story. I'm Dawn Thomas, a mother of three, financial advisor by day, and a PhD candidate studying the experience of Generation Z with the superannuation system. This podcast provides a platform for stories that are underrepresented. Everyone's money story is unique. My guests are people who conduct their lives with purpose, authenticity, and are not afraid of being different. They stand out within their industries for being themselves. I hope their journeys inspire you to harness your own gifts and talents. I'm a believer of living your truth each day. Let's change how the story ends. We acknowledge the Wajuk people of the Noongar Nation as the traditional custodians of this country and its waters and where this podcast is recorded on, stands on Noongar country. We pay our respects to Noongar elders, past and present, and acknowledge their wisdom and advice. The information discussed in this podcast does not take into account your personal and financial objectives and situation. Before acting on any information discussed here, you should consider its appropriateness, having regard to your objectives, needs and financial situation. For this special Mother's Day episode, I speak to Amy Baker, who's the New South Wales Chair of the Association of Financial Advisors, Inspire Group. Amy is the Director of Up Advice and a Certified Money Mindset Coach. She is also the podcast host of Sensibility. In this episode, we look at how our childhood experiences shape how we view money and self-worth as adults. Uh, so welcome, 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 welcome to the show, Amy. Thank you for having me. I think you've been quite instrumental in helping me find a bit of a mindset change as well. Um, as much as we can be aware of our own scenarios, you kind of encouraged people through your course to really use themselves as guinea pigs <laughs> on how they would actually treat clients and helping them get into the deeper meaning of what's happening with money. There was a lot of things that came up within that group. You know, you provided, you and Kara provided a safe space for us to really be honest about what's happened in our past to shape us how we are today. But there were common themes that were coming up for women, you know, that that translated to things around career and, and money and value. And I was hoping to really unpick that from you, you being such an expert on that. You know, I think we, we are, when you say an expert, I think we all kind of look to everybody else as experts and not within uh, often. And um, I appreciate what you're saying in that, you know, I, I've i sort of parked away in the industry with the Money Mindset Coaching and, and now partnered with Cara. But, uh, you know, in this work we do have to look within and during that process, as you've experienced looking within, mm. you start seeing all your strengths, you start hearing the, the language that you tell yourself and, and all that. So it, the expert part sort of does throw me because I think we all are. <laughs> I mean, one thing I say, we've all got our own story and I think that's what's fascinating about the work as well is that we have this amazing story yeah. that no one else knows and we're not even aware of it mostly because it's sort of deep within our subconscious. It's often developed from childhood, mm. but it comes through with how we parent. It comes through how we work. It comes through how we treat our money. It comes through so many areas of our lives um, and that's why the the, pro- the process in the course is actually quite a, a beautiful one because, as you just said, you were the guinea pig. You had to put this, we put you through what the client would go through as mm. a money mindset coaching client um, to actually really experience that process. It was a confronting process, and I'm sure if if people embark embark on that journey, they'll understand why. But also have that reward of knowing that. Once you've unpacked a few of those things, then you can actually move forward and progress and evolve 
um, into maybe better habits uh, or being more aware. There's always a start, right? Somebody's mm-hmm. money story. I mean, what was your start? Because you honestly, your your journey is very fascinating to me with the way that it's evolving. But I feel like we should really be taking everyone back to your own personal money story and, and how that's shaping you. There's two stories really because there's a money story. There's a the money mindset coaching story of how I became the money mindset coach mm. um, and then how I discovered my story and then there is actually my story. Mm. So we'll first start with, I guess, the my story being the advisor that got frustrated to coming across money mindset coaching. Um, I started off in collection, so I actually one of those. I was one of those accidental advisors, <laughs> where <laughs> yeah. um, you know, one minute I'm performing a uh, jazz number, singing Ella Fitzgerald on stage, uh, heavily <laughs> pregnant with my first son, which was like 18 years ago. To our financial situation was so stretched, I had to go back to work 11 weeks after his birth. Mm. But um, my role at the previous job was no longer available to me. Um, so I got a job at St. George Bank in collections. In that situation, I mean, I was terrible at collections because all I was doing was listening to people's problems and I realised every single case was preventable pretty much with financial literacy. Yep. And it was then and there that I realised I need to be, I, I had to study and become a financial advisor. So I got into, I did RMIT remotely and then St. George got word of that, wanted to fast track my, my, my education so I could be on the wealth team. Um, you know, that's basically how I got into advice because I sort of found that sort of deep need to want to help people. I think that's what we all have, right? We all want to just fix people's problems and sort them out and, and mm. be that, you know, give them some solution. When I started my own business in 2013, um, that was a bit of a slow burn. I built the business from scratch and I was a single parent. I had to go through experiencing that hardship of having to be on single parent pension. I was working in a cafe and I, because I had three little boys and I was just trying to grow my business cat client by client one at a time. Wow. So it was very hard to start with. Um, so I've experienced that, uh, you know, the feast and famine situation with my own money as well. Mm. So that certainly came part, became part of my money story I started to see these patterns throughout my life where one minute I'm financially okay and next minute where did the money go what happened why are we in this situation you know and I started as an advisor that's quite embarrassing to be Mm. honest with you Mm. um but for me to be a, a money mindset coach I have to be transparent and actually share that story yes and it comes back down to my childhood where one minute my parents were married and my father was a CEO of a company that was being listed publicly and was going international. And we had these beautiful family holidays and I remember mum getting a brand new car to my parents divorcing within a, within probably 12 to 18 months, me being with mum, a single mum, who's now telling me we can't afford anything. And, Mm. you know, there was a second mortgage going against the house. There was all sorts of things that I wasn't very aware. I was really young. But that sort of pattern already started to show up in my adult life of one minute we're flush, next minute we're not. And it was this behaviour and um, relationship and my perception of money and how money worked in my world. So... 
Um, then going back to the mindset work and how I came across finance, uh, money mindset coaching as an advisor, I started to see clients not sort of meeting their end of the plan, so to speak. Mm. So we'd come to a review meeting and, you know, the, the advice would be that they'd be contributing X amount, you know, every quarter to their super or they'll be paying off their mortgage or they'll be contributing to their savings account or whatever the case may be and we'd get to that review meeting and they weren't actually doing their part even though they loved the advice they wanted to go ahead and they were excited about it when we first initiated the you know and implemented the the mm -hmm. financial plan there would be that sort of situation where they would, weren't actually doing work and I came across that often and it became this obsession of mine to find out why because at first I was questioning my ability as an advisor why and I'm getting these clients to do this stuff but the more I looked into it first I you know started down the rabbit hole of behavioral economics and from a greater scale of how the markets worked and I thought well, that's not actually answering the question and then um, I think I've oh, I believe I've read almost every self-help book you should see my book my bookshelf is pretty full <laughs> of all of these books. But it really became clear that it was all about our story. And mm. I then found a money coaching course in the US. Um, I became certified with that. But then I've gone and done other coaching courses and done other research. And then Cara and I met, well, we did a course together anyway, so we already knew each other. But we started putting all of our findings and the things that we were working with our clients on um, and we kind of created the money mindset coaching course that it is now you've you've covered so much and that honesty that you have in sharing that I think makes other people feel better around that shame bit you know I don't know why like even in the group that we had we all have the sense of shame isn't it that we're not I don't know whether it's the extra pressures being financial advisors or whether it's a, a women's thing or whatever it was. But I think the fact that you were able to, to be so honest about um, your background, you know, because that's life, right? <laughs> and, and we feel we've almost got to put a veneer over it and go, it's, it's a lot more shiny than, than it is. Um, and that I think as well, maybe probably helps us with clients. I think the more vulnerable we are with ourselves and, and being open to our own journeys helps us help someone else along <laughs> if, if, if that was what I saw with how you were helping us. <laughs> oh, thank you. You know, I, I do believe being transparent is important. Now, back when I started the business, I drove this crappy car and I would go and see clients because I didn't have my own office. I was working from home. Yeah. And I would park my car blocks away just in case they saw me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and yeah. I, it's like there's this, uh, I think, I think we as advisors also put this on ourselves, but yes. there's this expectation that because we're the money experts, we're the financial advisors, we're giving the strategy to the client, we should have our shit together, excuse yes. my language, but yes. that's what it's got to look like. <laughs> and I had to do that work on myself and just give, and, and it's more about forgiving myself. It's like, you know what? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to let that go. It's okay that I'm human. It's okay that I've had these challenges and there will be a point where I can sit in front of a client and go, hey, stop beating yourself up because I've been there too. I know exactly what that feels like. Yes, yeah. And there's my story and being open. I think that that's part of 
the beauty of what we can do as advisors as well is actually share what we have experienced, you know, and you're right. There is a lot of shame we carry. I think mm. it's a gender thing as well. Mm. I don't believe it's just an advice thing. Yeah. I think women, we have to wear so many hats in this yeah. modern world that we are in now, but we've inherited all of these, expe- you know, weight expectations of what we're supposed to be like as mothers And there's this like, well, I've got to be this as a mother, but I've also got to be this as an employee or I've got to be this as the advisor um, or this, whatever, you know, whatever role you are in, in, whether it's corporate or whatever, you've got all of these hats and we feel like because we're doing so much, we're failing Mm. in some way or the pressure's immense already. Yeah. But we've got to cut ourselves some slack. I mean, I've got to constantly remind myself of, hey, you're actually, even though you feel like the duck with the feet, you know, going yeah. a million miles underneath, everyone else is seeing you gliding over that water and you're keeping your head above water so that's okay, yeah. you know, and we've got to celebrate that more than um, beat ourselves up about it. What I like about your story, Amy, is that, you know, you, you said, look, I'm a business owner and I'm a mum. You know, you've got your three boys and your beautiful little girl even in financial advice or maybe even the world of business, everybody wants to be bigger, bigger and better, bigger, better, faster. But you said like, if you understand enough about what you want, you know, you're not going to succumb to that pressure or feel less of when you're determining what works for you. You know, can you just let our listeners in what, what that actually means, you know, being really at ease with who you are as a business owner and as a parent understanding what works for you as opposed to what's going on outside? First of all, to get myself to that point of view, that place of acceptance was a lot of that work that we do in those tools that we give our, our you know, students in the Money Mindset course. It's There is a bit of soul searching. It is a bit of a spiritual awakening, awakening I shall say. Um, for me, we can kill ourselves, honestly, by pushing, pushing and pushing and comparing and comparing and mm. looking at around at everything, everyone else. But as I said in the beginning, it's actually a point of looking within and really tapping into what's important, what actually is, you know, what are my, my values, aligning those values to our goals, what's actually driving me and then taking that time to actually be at peace with where you're at first and foremost and then looking at how far you've come and celebrating that. And then every day we have another growth spurt. We spoke about this offline. Mm. It's like all of a sudden it's a bit of a habit stack. All of a sudden there's a, a bit more of a growth and a bit more of a growth, but it's coming into a place of being at peace with actually where we're at first who we are and mm-hmm. and then and then working on that from there on. I have to admit that I have compared myself a lot over the years and tried to be harder and been very hard on myself and tried to be somewhere at a higher level than where I am at. And the reality is that I have those kids and I had this business and I had these challenges and I wouldn't be this person that I am now without that. And so that's first the space that I have to come to to accept this is where I'm at first. 
And this is my journey and nobody else's. Mm. And no, no one is actually judging me but myself in most cases. Like yep. no one's looking in on my LinkedIn or Instagram and going, damn, Amy, you haven't actually hit that goal that you set. <laughs> no one's doing that. But we yep. can be incredibly hard on ourselves. I think the first thing we've got to start doing is actually celebrating and being grateful, like changing our perspective and looking at things in a very different way. Um, way and like totally which is you know what we spoke about our mindset is it's a shift to not be I need to be there now to I am right here and how bloody amazing this is right Mm -hmm. now and how far I've come and what I've achieved and the clients that I've actually helped along the way the roof over my head and some of the simplest things, you know, like just the little gratitude moments of just stepping outside and smelling some, literally smelling the roses. It's not an unknown thing about, about being grateful each day. I mean, if there's even, um, I know one of the uh, speakers that we listened to at one conference a few years, they said, you know, start your day off by sending a nice email to somebody because it makes you feel good. And then there's a knock-on effect because you're making someone else feel good and that encourage them to start off today. And so you, true. Yeah, and you kind of think, yeah, like it starts, right, from the morning of going, how do I want to start the day today? What am I happy with? What am I grateful with? Being disciplined and actually following each day, though, and the consistency, that's hard. <laughs> you forget sometimes, you get busy. Um, I'm sure, you know, mums, uh, parents, uh, just with, with everything that's there in the workday, they, they forget about doing these things. I mean, what can you say to those who are juggling that, that bit of parenthood, you know, trying to get their career going? I mean, how, how do you incorporate this gratitude piece and me time piece into the day? Sometimes if you're a mom, if you can even get around the block for five minutes away for, for yourself, that five minutes could feel like an hour. I know some of us can't even go to the bathroom on our own. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. If you haven't got kids, seriously, yeah. prepare yourself because that can be the case. Yeah. Yeah. But if you could actually just step outside, maybe if you're on your lunch break, go find somewhere where there's a little bit of nature and just breathe in. And as you walk, each step you take, look around and just go, wow, I'm grateful that I can see that beautiful green, you know, tree or that look at that great gorgeous blue sky um and just start once do one and then let another one happen and then if you be able to find three things that you can see that you're just in your immediate environment that you're grateful for you will find that that'll get easier and easier and easier another thing is something that um when you were talking is Mm. it's not answering that question directly but when you were talking about how writing an email a positive email can have that flow on effect we have mirror neurons in our brain so we're pretty amazing we actually can communicate without speaking or anything simply just by having that film you know having a heart full of gratitude can actually have an automatic knock-on effect to someone in your own environment and in a way testing that simply is just if they're not smiling you look at them and smile they are instantly going to smile back (laughs) yes that is the truth that is absolutely scientifically proven you can try get them to try not to smile they will smile Mm -hmm. so when you start doing little gratitude like pieces of gratitude and I get my clients to do this with their money. For example, they're really frustrated about um, paying off their credit card bill. It's like go through every single thing that you purchased in that bill Mm. and I want you to think about what you did with that money, 
and how much um, it contributed to your lifestyle or did it pay, was it to pay your electricity bill? How amazing is it you can turn on that bit, like turn yeah. that light on or charge your phone? Think yeah. about all of those things. Like allow that to keep compounding on the outward space. So keep it going. And then you're going to be excited to be paying that bill because you actually pay for that electricity, pay for all those things. You know, you basically had the bank pay it on your behalf, but now you're really paying for it. Yeah. So it just changes that relationship you have with money. It's like not a negative thing, but more of a positive thing. You can do that with anything in your life. You can do that with just, you know, your wardrobe. You can do that with your body. You can do that with your relationships. You can do that with your children. So it can have such a really impactful way. I mean, I years and years ago when I was a single parent, my parents, um, I think my mum had watched Oprah and mm. the Obamas on Oprah and mm. said, well, the Obamas do a gratitude piece at every meal they do thorns and roses, thorns being the negative stuff, roses yeah. being the positive. So we've implemented in our household, in fact, we even do this in restaurants now, like yeah. this is a thing we yeah. have in our family and our extended family and our friends even on New Year's Eve did this, right? We don't do thorns. We only do roses. And sometimes yes. you may even have a rose bush and that's awesome and we'll celebrate <laughs> it. I must say that I'm still being heckled by my husband when I do introduce things like that. But you know what? I, I can do it with the kids because I think sometimes the perception of people who may not warm up to it immediately is that it's all a bit of, you know, you said it as well. It's like, you know, it's a bit of fluff. It's out there. It's woo-woo. Woo-woo, yeah. But you said it's connected to science. I mean, you did it's make absolutely us review scientific stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is nothing made up here. It's actually science. Um, we're simply matter. So we're basically energy, right? So if we can lift that energy and shift things around, we can actually shift our reality to be more pleasant. Even if our situation is still the way they are, we can't physically go, bang, that death's gone. But what we can do is make that process far easier on ourselves by changing our attitude, changing that mindset. Mm -hmm. And guess what? When you do that, that debt gets easier and easier and easier to pay off. And all of a sudden it can be cleared faster than you would have if you came from that place of frustration or negative space, right? And that, as I said, you can apply this in any area of your life. This came up again during our our group chats about how we value ourselves or, you know, even how we value our talents and our skills and not really acknowledging that. And, you know, it's like somehow we focus on hard work. Like we achieve, we think that we achieve things by luck and hard work as opposed to skill. This is coming out as us also accepting being underpaid, isn't it? I mean, in a way, not to say that the wage gap is a women's problem. We're not saying that. But the reluctance to maybe go in and try and negotiate a higher pay. Why do we fear those conversations, even though it's at the detriment of us financially? Well, it does come back to our story. It comes back to how we see and perceive ourselves and even through the lens of our inner child. And we, that does sound woo-woo, but let's just so <laughs> understand. Let's go back a bit to the science, as you just said. I said, our subconscious basically is developed at a very, very early age, primitive years, and so is so are our values, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the beliefs, our core beliefs, 
are often developed very, very young. So some of this stuff that we've got, what we're dealing with now in such a modern society where we're both now two parties, mum and dad are, or, you know, we're not mum and dad, I'm just thinking Mm. I'm a mum, so I go straight to mum and dad, but, you know, a female's at work and her partner is at work with, you know, not being gender specific, but just say two people in a household Mm. have to work where they both are female or one is female. The fact is we've inherited that, you know, subconsciously that our place isn't there, that Mm. we didn't belong there. If that is actually one of us, that's actually a gender bias, subconscious story. That has actually been from our mothers, grandmothers and so on. We've only been in the workforce in this modern world, you know, we're looking for the past 50 years. When my grandmother was married, she had to quit her job. Yes. Because it yep. was illegal. she wasn't allowed to work once married. Mm. So that's something we've got to be aware of, that that is actually one of the things, one of the reasons that we've got this internal block is something that's stopping us from actually going, I need this extra, I need to be paid equally. Because it's almost like, well, first yeah. of all, we've got to validate that we even belong here. Correct. Correct. Because that's one of the issues. That's actually one of the blocks. It's a subconscious stuff, a belief that we've inherited. So mm. It does sound a bit crazy and woo-woo, but it's something that we can, you know, it can be explored when doing the money mindset coaching because um, that is all we've all actually inherited, that um, gender bias. Mm. You know, we, you know, we see it any, everywhere with how we are with children even. Yeah. You know, with children naturally, like my daughter, naturally will um, go, start pretending to be mummy and put on the laundry, mm. you know, and yeah. watching her cooking and everything, that actually in our household is daddy's job more than mummy. So, yeah. you know, she's starting to see and copy what we do. So she's modelling. Now, in terms of also the, the our self-worth piece, that's another, that's another part of the puzzle to the gender pay gap. I mean, obviously we've got... It would be really great if we could just go, hey, can we just all change the laws and just make it equal for everybody? But unfortunately we live in a complex world as well. If we are going to have to sit down and have a conversation and have an appraisal about how much we're worth in a work environment, it's very hard for somebody who's struggling or have these sort of this self-talk and the self-talk isn't really loud. They can't hear it. They're unaware of it. It's about now going back to stories and actually finding out what is actually being told to you when you were a little girl or when, you know, that you might not be worth that amount or that yeah. only, you know, like what one thing we went through in the course with our group is that, you know, some people think, you know, rich people were evil or, you know, it's, these are things that seem crazy, but they're stories that being told to us as a child, of course, mm. when we grow up, we're going to have conflict when it comes to cre- creating our own wealth mm. or, you know, asking for more money because yeah. that is co- in conflict to a value that was embedded in us very young, which actually keeps creeping up. It's a belief. And we've just basically got to reframe those beliefs, work on those self-worth talk, like self-worth talk, mm. you know, use affirmations, meditate, actually visualize ourselves already in that situation where we're potentially opening our bank account and seeing that income mm. that we are deserving. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that we are worth. 
be paid to us. You know, there's a lot of these crazy tricks, but they all really do help and work. I realized that I had this block of um, leaning towards security. I didn't know that doing that was actually a, a money block. Mm-hmm. Um, and just really going, no, I need the security. <laughs> this is why my decisions are based on being secure. But you said as well, that's that's really something that happens to women is is not uncommon, that we, mm-hmm. we gravitate towards security. Why, why is that, Amy? Playing safe is my yeah. way of putting it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we've got to look at fear. And often we play it safe is because, and fear, fear is often... Um, not logical yeah right so and the fears being created we call in the course we call it our ego in other courses i've done it's the inner Mm. child we call that that little voice that child that you were once has had experiences that now they just that like subconscious is is actually always works away from pain and to always toward pleasure so if you're in a if you're in a situation where it's scary yeah you're gonna freaking (laughs) avoid it right that's right (laughs) so it's about making some really clear logical you know creating awareness and logic around that and we've got to shift that fear to faith okay and sometimes it's okay and this is one of my coaches um sayings to me You've got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. And, you know, you say to your little girl, if you know, it's yeah. conscious, it's okay, I can cross the road now. It's yeah. okay, I'm a big, um, I can actually handle the boardroom, okay? Yeah. I can I can handle this situation. And we've got to recognise that the subconscious, although it was developed in our, our primitive times, we can reframe that and change that. Mm. But what we've got to be aware of first and foremost is what those messages have been. We are also individual. Like I've got a client I mentioned to you guys in the course, Mm. a male client, huge income earner. He wants to crack $2 million in income in the next 12 months. He wants to jump from $1 million to two. Um, And look, I'm looking at this in as an, you know, strategically in multiple ways of how I can coach him in getting there. But the work that really needs to be done is, and the challenge we've discovered is that, a lot of his ambitious drive is because of the subconscious subconscious yeah. um, development, right? He had a, an upbringing where he was told that he was different to everyone in his family. Mm-hmm. He got hand me downs, and the, this is how we this is how we live, and you've just got to settle for that. Yeah. So as a very young man, like well, in his, in, as a kid, he was like, I don't want to settle. So he yep. got he basically started programming himself very early to be a you know to be pretty much a gun and just go hard at yep. everything. Yeah. Out of that though, he's created this massive wall. And part of that is a huge, you know, huge expenses of designer clothing and expensive cars and all of those other things that are protecting who he really is. You know, mm-hmm. so that's sort of like, okay. We've got there's a bit of work there in respect to I don't want to say it's not okay to actually enjoy your wealth, but it's it's actually impacting his financial goals because he's instead of spending two thousand dollars on new shoes that that could go two thousand dollars can go into his investment mm. portfolio that then in the future can buy him those shoes without him having to work his ass off to get yes. to that next level. Yeah, you know yeah. so. 
that's that's where the magic can happen. But you've got to actually work out those again, yeah. those money stories. Although you know, it's really not just money. As I said, it can be any any aspect for parents. Um, you know, mums. Is that you know maybe what's coming out? If we could summarize is that we're maybe a little bit too hard on ourselves. We don't appreciate all the good things that we're doing. <laughs> We may not value ourselves enough and 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 we're also probably overstretched, I, I would say as well, just trying to be everything to everyone. Um, yeah. Amy, as, as a parting note to the mums and the parents out there who could be work, who could be in gainful employment or not in gainful employment or could be starting up their own business or things like that, what, what are the things you want them to really remember? So if they could wake up in the morning and just remember a few things to start their day to help them just cope with it. I think we've got again, again, as I said before, we've got to look within and start seeing all of the amazing things and attributes that we have first, because it's like that old saying, you know, if you're on a plane and um, the you know plane's on its way down, you need to put the oxygen mask on first before mm. you can put it on your children or anyone else who needs it. And unfortunately, I think we operate the opposite way in life. And in the group that we had in um, the Money Mindset Coaching course, uh, that was really apparent. As you say, there's a lot, there was, you know, the common themes were pressure, Mm. right, like a lot of pressure to be everything to everyone really, but there's financial pressure. There was pressure to just keep up in and not in terms of keep up with the Joneses or what we now call the Kardashians. It's mm. keeping up with just in life in general, just like keeping it together, so to speak. Mm. It just seemed to me that was a bit of a, it wasn't really a spoken discussion as such, but it was definitely a pattern and a theme in that um, when we all kind of got to where we are with our careers and our kids, got to start being kinder to ourselves you know, we, we are parents, we are working, we are doing many things. And to be able to be everything for everyone, we have to be everything for ourselves first. And, and that's harder, harder to do than it is to say. Mm. So in doing, it could be that you start just by going for that little walk or a quick meditation or, you know, when the kids go to bed, um, before you go back to check emails, and I think mm. many of us, unfortunately, these days do go back and do a bit of work before the end of the night, yeah. Um, or before you sit down with your, you know, your partner, and you know, turn the TV on just to numb yourself of the day. Yeah, is go and actually say, look, I'm just going to have some time to myself. Go and do a bit of a journal. Mm. Um, write all the things that you are really proud of about yourself. Write all the things that you achieve today even if it's just one thing and celebrate that for that one moment we don't celebrate ourselves enough yeah and it comes back down to it yeah it's a bit like that gratitude piece but sometimes it's a bit, I think a bit deeper it's like when we're climbing you know we're climbing our own Everests here in life where we're all on our own journey we've got mm. to stop every now and then and check out that view and enjoy it and I think if we do that on a more regular basis, the journey's easier. 
Thank you so much, Amy. And I mean, even the way you speak is so calming. Oh. <laughs> I think you feel like, like you know, you can just understand when you're 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 speaking to clients, and unearthing this, you're just like you know, they're just getting into this hypnotic state, <laughs> and letting go of everything. Hopefully, so, no, I, that's I, a real big compliment because I mean, I'm not trying to hypnotize my clients by all means, but no. it's it's nice if they can be feeling open and calm and actually taking yeah. on some of this stuff because. As I said, I've done a lot of reading, a lot of research. I'm not saying I'm a psychologist or psychiatrist in any means, but there is a lot of psychology here. There is a huge amount of science behind this work. But, you know, you validate what I've, all this, all these years, in, we spoke offline, I, I tried to, yeah. you know, I, I put myself down because I didn't do something in 2016. Yeah. But I didn't have that information I have now. You know, yeah. I wouldn't have, I'd done, I hadn't done all the reading then. Yes. I'd started it, but I'm not, I wasn't, I wasn't here. I think that's also what we've got to st- stop doing is looking back and going, oh, why didn't I start that then? It's like investing, right? Yeah. yeah. Why didn't we just start two years ago? Well, just start now. Start now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For our listeners out there who are parents, um, happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Just have to be a mother per se. Um, And hope that um, at least on the day, as much as other people are appreciating you, you are appreciating yourself and everything that you've done for everyone around you. And and I definitely appreciate Amy being on here and giving us her time so that uh, we can really work to become better versions of ourselves in the way that we unlock what's actually blocking our progress. Yeah, thank you for being on your money story, Amy. Thank you. Subscribe now to be notified of new episodes. Let's change how the story ends. The information discussed during this episode includes strategies that are general in nature. As everyone's situation is different and the information discussed does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs, you should always seek personal advice with regard to your own personal circumstances.